Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome to Training Well Done. I'm your host, Coach Donald, and this is our first interview podcast. And I'm here with Coach Dwayne Waits. And so, your first. Oh, this is exciting. You are the first interview, good brother. How you feeling today? I'm alive and well. No complaints. Okay, okay. So, if this is your first time watching Training Well Done. Uh, This podcast is about the what, why, and how of quality training, okay? So make sure you check out the episodes. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend, a teammate, uh, et cetera. Today, uh, we're going to talk about shoes and how they affect our running. And Dwayne here knows so much more about shoes than I do. Like, we went for a run uh, just a few weeks ago, right? And it just right. like blew my mind about shoes. How, <laughs> how'd you, uh, you know, how'd you end up, you know, getting into uh, running? Because you, you also coach as well, right? That's correct. Yep, yep. Yeah, track and field. Yeah. Nice. And so, how did you uh, end up getting into track and field? Like, were you, you know, did you love the race? Did you catch on to this later on? Sure. Yeah. So. Thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. So I started my track and field love in middle school. Right? So I was a middle school track and field athlete, high school track and field athlete, uh, ran in a little uh, independently in college because the school that I went to uh, didn't have a men's track and field program. So I had to do some things on my own. And uh, after graduation and a couple years in the, the marketing industry, I started to uh, teach at a high school in North Carolina. And with that, a coaching opportunity uh, came to me to be a assistant coach uh, with the sprinters, jumpers, and hurdlers uh, of that high school program. And I fell in love with coaching, fell in love with uh, helping out athletes to really tap into their highest performance. And uh, from after that season, I was named uh, head coach for both uh, track and field and cross country programs. And so I ran uh, both programs for for two years. And moving back to Pittsburgh, uh, my wife and I wanted to start a family. And so uh, after we had our our little girl uh, here in Pittsburgh, uh, I started private coaching. And so now I do one-on-one coaching with uh, athletes, uh, sprinters, uh, hurdlers, jumpers, uh, up to uh, up to a mile. I have some milers, some two milers, but I mostly focus on the uh, the, the sprinter part uh, of it, and you know, really been enjoying it. And uh, while I was also in Pittsburgh, uh, I uh, fell more in love with the running dynamic part of running. Uh, being a, a New Balance uh, fitness specialist, uh, learned all types of things about uh, our, our feet, uh, the shoes that we uh, that we wear, uh, the spikes that we wear, uh, the importance of having the right footwear. And even back in uh, Charlotte, where, where I was, uh, we had a partnership with uh, the Charlotte Running Company, and we'd have spike nights uh, there, and we would do a gait analysis and figure out, you know, based on high heel recovery, low heel recovery, uh, the, how hard they're hitting the treadmill, what type of shoe that, that would, would best fit their running style. Yo, that's, that's really cool. 
I'm stuck at Spike Night. That's really, uh, that's really interesting. Like, what was Spike Night? Was that the actual gate analysis? Yes. So what we would do about about two weeks before official practice could start. So, for example, uh, North Carolina has a fantastic uh, indoor uh, track season uh, starting uh, about two weeks before Thanksgiving. And so, you know, uh, so about the end of October, beginning of November, uh, we would go to uh, the Charlotte Running Company uh, we would, if it's the morning, uh, oh wait, hold on. I'll get it mixed up per season. Okay. So for, for track season, uh, it would be night. And so we would, uh, all get there. Uh, all the kids would have pizza. Uh, we'd hang out, uh, pizza and Gatorade. And, um, yeah, we would do the, the gate analysis there. And then based on, uh, their gate, there would be a couple of, uh, spikes, uh, that, the Charlotte Running Company uh, manager, uh, a couple of their reps, and myself would would take a look at and okay, we're here are the top options for our runners. And then uh, as they did the gain analysis, uh, the uh, Charlotte uh, Running Company uh, manager uh, he would take a video, he'd show me the video, say okay, well here's their hips, here's their uh, you know uh, high heel recovery, here's their low heel recovery. Are they running the floor? They might consider running the eight. And so like, we really got a chance to talk about what could best, uh, how we could set our athlete up for the most success uh, for that in upcoming season. And then uh, based on that running, uh, we put in an order for, for the spike. So it was a win-win situation. It helped the athlete. It obviously helped the store. And, and it helped me uh, really communicate to the, the athlete and their, the athlete's parent about how we're trying to, you know, uh, yeah, literally uh, have them start with their best foot forward. Wow, that's a really cool program and initiative to do because like shoes are not simple. Uh, you know, there's so many different types of shoes you can get. There are, you know, so many different like gait styles. I just had uh, on Monday, I went to a cross country meet for some of the kids that I train and it was their first time really using their spikes much. And they all came fussing me coach Tom man these spikes hurt so bad I got blisters they don't feel good and like even for me like I I don't race anymore um, I'm getting back into racing but like I don't really wear spikes and so I have like the same spikes from like years ago and I'm like from college and I'm like I should probably get some new ones but I don't really know what to do <laughs> but how did you end up getting that program going? Because that's something that I don't think, I don't know of team, I'm not saying that teams and clubs don't do that here, but I don't know of any that do those up here. Like that's really unique. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, North Carolina, you know, yeah, you, we could you know, uh, trash the education system, but uh, they're, the way that they do track and field is uh, fantastic. They, they really support their athletes. Uh, they they support their programs, and so um, how how did we start the spike night? Um, I think it was just a matter of because I knew the importance of having uh, the right shoe for the right athlete, um, and I wanted to get um, uh, Asics uh, equipment 
uh, like, you know, uh, warm-ups and, and things. Uh, I wanted to find a store that had a uh, ASICs uh, rep and Charlotte Running Company did. And so me and the, the manager uh, hit it off and we talked about, you know, uh, what they do for the community, what, what I'm doing for my team. And he's like, well, you know, I have a spike night with us. And I was like, uh, absolutely. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it how it started. Yeah. I love those decisions that are like, absolutely. Um, I have this, uh, this book, there's this blogger, his name is Mark Manson, and he has this article. And if it's not like a hell yes, then it's a no. And life can be made so much easier when it's like a hell yes decision. Yes. <laughs> um, that's amazing. So let's dive in about shoes. And so one of the first things I wanted to ask you was how does an athlete's foot shape affect the type of shoe that they should wear. Some people have long skinny feet. Some people have real fat feet. Some people are flat. Some people have huge arches in there. Some people got really long toes. Some people don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you uh, really nailed a lot of it, right? So uh, in, in terms of our feet, we're all shaped uh, very differently. Uh, sometimes we, well, usually is the case that we have uh, one foot that's bigger than another. Uh, usually not not very much. It varies about uh, by a half a size. So you could uh, very much have a, a foot that's uh, 10 and a half and one that's closer to 11. That's normal. I did uh, not the, know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the abnormal is whenever you're um, about 0.75 to like a, a size and a half. That can get uh, a little bit trickier with with health concerns but yeah I mean uh, we can average between yeah 0.1 to 0.5 because I think my feet uh, my my left is bigger by than my right by by 0.2 which is which is interesting yeah so um, so with with that you look at different things uh, you can look at your uh, ball girth. So whenever you talk, uh, whenever you're looking at your feet, it's like that that big ball by your your big toe. Uh, so that length uh, can or that that width rather uh, can differ. Uh, your heel, uh, you can have a very thick heel or a very thin heel. Uh, that could uh, really um, decide what type of mostly what type of brand uh, of shoe that you would uh, wear not typically the the style uh, of the shoe or what the, the undersole is and then uh, i think we're going to talk about this uh, a little bit later but just just your overall strength uh how how strong your foot is uh it will depend on you know uh how uh, cushiony your your midsole is how firm your your midsole is uh to the the outer sole do you like a bouncy uh, rubber and like we talked about do you like the the sneaker that you can fold in half or do you uh, kind of need that structure uh, to make sure that your uh, you know ankle has that support so whether you uh, pronate or supinate uh, whether you run marathons or you're just a sprinter and you know uh, anything over you know 200 is considered a long distance to you so th there's a really uh, a big difference about uh, how you run what you run and the shape of your foot. Okay, wow. And so for an athlete, let's say we have a hundred meter runner, um, someone with really wide feet and someone with really skinny feet, does the type of shoe that they have differ greatly, even though that they do the same event, maybe they both have the same type of uh, foot and ankle strength? Yeah, so 
if we control all the variables, just like you mentioned, if they have good ankle strength, uh, good foot strength, uh, everything is controlled except for you know, the width of their feet. Uh, I would recommend looking at the different uh, styles of brands to see you know, uh, how big your uh, toe box is going to need to be. Uh, for example, New Balance does a fantastic job of having different varying uh, lengths for your toe box while controlling everything else. Uh, I think the same goes for Asics and uh, Saucony. Uh, they do the same. Uh, but then whenever you get into some of the you know, more well-known brands that have you know, a billion-dollar marketing campaigns, you can't necessarily say the same for them. So, you know, that's interesting. So the A-list based on, you know, notoriety, it sounds like they kind of fall to the B-list when it comes to actually quality of the shoe. And before we go on to the other, like, racing and, and strength stuff, can you give a little insight about how shoe companies, like how they're how they brand, how they're, not so much how they brand, but their reputation of the type of shoes that they make. Because it seems like different companies have different types of shoes. And I remember when we went out for our run, you kind of praised Saucony and New Balance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of both. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of a lot of the uh, niche uh, shoes because different uh, niches need different types of shoes. Uh, so New Balance does a great job uh, with having uh, your, your minimalist to tra uh, trail running shoes to those who need support, to those who need that uh, wide toe box. So you go from normal to, I think they go to uh, double, like uh, extra, extra wide. Uh, and uh, Saucony does a fantastic job with support. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the Kinvaras. Uh, the Kinvaras uh, so do a fantastic job for not only the neutral runner, but the neutral runner that that needs uh, support. So neutral meaning that you don't uh, uh, pronate or supinate, that you're landing uh, with your uh, whole you know midsole or or, or front toe uh, uh, toe part of your of your foot. So you don't, you know, go one way or, or, or the other. Asaki does a fantastic job with that. Uh, Asics, they do a, a great job, which is their quality of the shoe. Uh, most of their shoes are, are hand-stitched, and especially, especially their, their specialist ones. Um, and they, they put all each panel together separately. Everything kind of comes together with their outer sole, midsole, and, and then the, uh, the, the slipper of the shoe. So they do a, a really fantastic job. Uh, Brooks does a great job with support, uh, and they do a good job with um, uh, supporting mid-distance and distance running. Uh, they do a great job with that. Uh, your other ones to mention, uh, your uh, Merrill. Merrill does a really good job supporting their distance runners. Uh, so, so yeah, you're you're right. E each one like for sprinters, I'd go more towards uh, New Balance and and Asics. Uh, for your mid-distance, I look more at your your Brooks. Um, uh, sometimes, sometimes Merrill. And then for uh, distance, uh, you know, I look at uh, Saucony, uh, New Balance, and Brooks. Now, you did not mention the two biggest, three biggest players in shoes. So what makes their shoes just not worthy of making your list? So... I do, don't get me wrong, I do like, 
I do like a lot what uh, Adidas has been doing uh, since they did their uh, their Boost series, uh, adding uh, more cushion. Uh, they actually expanded their their heel a little bit because both uh, Adidas and Nike they have really really uh, narrow heels. And so for those people who have um, uh, bigger heels or, or wider uh, wider feet, uh, they can be very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't do a a great job with uh, with support uh, either. So. Uh, I, I kind of stray away from from that because if you're if you're not able to make a shoe or different shoes for those who are neutral, those who supinate, those who pronate, then I don't think that the the knowledge is there to create a quality shoe. Mm. Now for for Nike, um, Nike has done a better job with their spikes, and uh, they had to. Uh, with you know U.S. Track and Field making that sponsorship deal with them, and all their athletes have to wear Nike. So for those athletes to perform at a high level, uh, they have to have good shoes. And so since the uh, the mid 2000s, Nike's done a better job. So uh, I, I don't want to totally you know hate on them, but they are uh, still uh, the bottom of of my list. But uh, <laughs> Adidas has done a much better job for their uh, distance and marathon runners. Uh, the the blue series are fantastic. Uh, that rubber is so uh, bouncy, so responsive. Uh, they can take care of people uh, who are light on their feet. Uh, I still think that you have to be particularly strong uh, to to wear uh, Adidas because there's still not that much support there. But um, yeah, that they are they're a, sp- a specific breed of of shoe. Uh, People don't buy Nike because they want a good shoe, right? So, uh, that's my thoughts. Okay, so that's quite they a look there. They don't, want to, they don't care about performing. They care about looking good if you're wearing Nike. Okay, so if you're wearing a Nike, you're in there because it's a Nike and you want to look good. If you're wearing your Asics or your Brooks or your Sauconies, you better look out. Yeah, you've done your research. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now... You know, that's a whole nother conversation about how they could get a, sc- a sponsorship for the entire U.S. Olympic team. I think that's that was up for there was a lot of controversy around that when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, and I've, I've talked to athletes, uh, college athletes who uh, college programs have, you know, sponsorships or uh, deals with with Nike and they have to wear uh, insoles. I think we might talk about that, but they have to wear insoles to stay comfortable you know, in those shoes. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I want to look at strength. There's something that you mentioned, um, you know, a couple times just recently about the strength of a runner's ankle and foot and how that affects the type of shoe that they wear. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh, let's see how to get started. So whenever we uh, put on a shoe, uh, we protect our feet whenever we strike the ground, right? So the shoe is a barrier of the foot. So because of that, uh, the we use less muscle in our uh, feet and our ankles uh, to push us forward because we have uh, the that barrier. So whenever we're looking at a different types of shoe, it is pretty important to look at 
or to think about how strong we are as a runner because we might need more support, we might need more rubber, we might need a more firm shoe because our muscles might, we not might be that we might not have a, a particular strength uh, in our feet or in our ankles to have a very light shoe, uh, to have a very um, uh, unsupported shoe. And so that has a, a lot of, con or a, a minimalist shoe, excuse me, uh, to have that much contact with the ground because if our muscles aren't developed, then uh, we're much more susceptible to injury. Oh, okay, okay. So when we look at the musculature and like the lower leg, you're talking like the muscles that make up your shin, um, probably even your calf muscles, uh, the muscles that are actually in your feet. Like, so the stronger that those are, then the more you can actually wear minimalist types of shoes or even, you know, do barefoot running on the grass without any actual pain. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And a lot of things that I do uh, for uh, my indoor track season, um, I do a lot of my indoor training at the uh, Green Tree uh, Sportsplex because they have that turf. Uh, there with their uh, XL uh, fitness area. And yeah, I have all my runners run barefoot, the, the, build, the, the build that foot strength, the, the build that ankle strength, that, that shin strength. So um, whenever we get them in the spikes and they're running fast and we're, we're doing lactic threshold runs, uh, that they can one, survive the workout and two, not get injured. Now, when you, um, you know, look at injuries and, and then like spikes, Spikes are, I mean, you could, you could correct me further because I might actually know nothing about this, but spikes are inherently minimalist, correct? That's correct, yes. So if your ankles are not strong and you start wearing spikes, is there a pretty high chance that you could get hurt? Absolutely. If you've, if you've done nothing to uh, strengthen your ankles and you immediately put spikes on and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go out and run six four hundreds, like you're, you're going to get hurt. Okay. And so, you know, there's this, you know, one aspect of my upbringing as an athlete and even coaching to where like, why shouldn't we wear spikes earlier in the season? And I, I was always under the impression that it was actually because putting spikes on created motivation for you to run too fast. So if you start putting spikes on in the preseason of practice, you might run too fast because you were just they just make you want to sprint really fast. And little did I know, it's actually because your ankles are probably too weak to actually wear those early on. Whereas oh, after you've been practicing for weeks and months, then yep. you've developed some more strength in your lower leg to actually successfully wear spikes. That's right. Yeah. For most of my, yeah, most, most of my seasonal training, whenever I'm getting athletes ready for a season, uh, we do uh, no uh, spikes for, two weeks because one getting them conditioned to, to be a track athlete, right? You have to be athletic to be called an athlete. And so, um, yeah, doing, uh, doing conditioning, uh, doing a lot of running, uh, we get them, uh, into, uh, a, gosh, at least, you know, one day a week before, uh, the season starts to do some barefoot running just to, like, you know, uh, get your feet in the ground and, and the feel, you know, those, those muscles before we get them in the spikes. Absolutely. I usually don't get to do a lot of barefoot running with my high school kids until we're like close to invitationals. Cause it's so cold unless it's like one of those days, because you know, this weather up here in Pittsburgh can be, there are some days in March where there's like three inches of snow. And then two days later, 
it's like 65 degrees. And so I really encourage a lot of those kids to do their warm-ups barefoot or in socks and we'll do them on the turf and we'll do pretty much everything on the turf up until the actual workout and i'm starting to shift it to even doing the entire workout barefoot on the turf until absolutely is necessary to even step on the track absolutely absolutely i mean the like as you know the the science is there uh you know warming up barefoot uh doing some light sprints uh barefoot strides barefoot bounding barefoot uh, it prevents injury, it increases strength, and it improves speed. And so, it well, in terms of improving speed, it helps you keep your speed, right? Because there's only a certain, you can only get so fast. It's like, how do you maintain, how long do you maintain that top speed? And Barefoot Winning helps that. Yeah, and one thing that I talked about in the previous episodes, so if you guys are watching, uh, we talked about running on the sweet spot. And we talk about being able to actually run well with your arches. You can really only learn that barefoot. Like it's very hard to learn how to run on the arches of your foot and be able to actually use that spring while you're in shoes. And you can feel the ground. You can feel that part of your foot at the ground. It makes it so much easier. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. So looking at, you know, further aspects of shoes, you also mentioned you know, there's long distance shoes, um, sprinter shoes, and even more specialized. And we don't have to talk about this right now, but there's like javelin shoes and there's, you know, shot putting shoes and all these different types of shoes. But when it comes to running and distance, how does the distance affect the type of shoe that one should wear? Yeah, so uh, a, a lot of it uh, deals with the strength of the runner uh, because you can have, uh, I had a, uh, two miler who would run in shoes that would be more for a uh, 400 runner, right? A very, a very uh, light shoe, uh, very minimal support, and a uh, a, a metal uh, toe plate or a, a solid toe plate uh, because they would be just running on their toes, running you know uh, as as fast as they possibly could. Like they would sprint their their mile, right? So before your a uh, regular um, uh, high school, you know, scholastic athlete. Um, whenever you go up further up in distance, you're going to you're going to get a heavier shoe uh, just because of the the support necessary uh, with it. You're going to get thicker rubber. Uh, you're going to get uh, a shoe that may go uh, that have more support for your ankle uh, because of uh, the amount of running uh, that you're going to be doing. Now, depending on uh, the season, if you are running on the track uh, versus cross country, where there are you know trails and trails have rocks and trails have branches, uh, the the heavier rudder or the heavier rubber is going to uh, keep your you know foot from feeling uh, those rocks and and twigs and you know the the different you know variations of of the of the ground versus the track. Uh, where you can have a, a lighter shoe, you could have a you know sprinter shoe whenever you're running a mile. Uh, for your uh, you know sprinters, so your uh, let's say 400 and under, you're gonna have a very light shoe, uh, very light rubber. Uh, your your toe plate is going to be kind of thick just because of the the amount of force uh, that you're putting down uh, on on each stride. Because typically, I tell my athletes, I think of uh, your surface area of how you normally walk 
and you're halving that and going faster and pushing yourself. So you're putting almost two times uh, the amount of force into half as much of area uh, whenever you're running. And so uh, having a, uh, a thick toe plate, so whether the, the rubber sticker and just a toe or you actually have a, uh, a, a plate for that, uh, good for jumpers as well because of, of that impact and, and that force. Uh, those are good things to, to, look for, uh, to look for in terms of your shoe. Okay. And that was uh, largely in relation to spikes? That was largely for spikes. So whenever you're looking at uh, your, your road running or uh, just uh, running without, this, without spikes, uh, I, for sprinters, uh, I, like, I like shoes that have a good enough arch support. Uh, depending on what your arch looks like. And so uh, if you have a flat shoe, or if you like rubber, you know, very flimsy shoes that are very light, which are good for, for sprinters, um, you might want to look at getting some type of insert or uh, uh, you know, the industry calls your uh, orthotic uh, to, to have that arch support. So you can still have a light shoe, but have an insole that supports your feet uh, because that's important and everything's, uh, everybody's different. Um, if you're, if you don't have the, the strength, but you want a light shoe, um, and let's say that your calves get really tight, uh, you might want to have a orthotic that has a, uh, oh, uh, a pad that supports your, oh, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, your metatarsal, uh, in the middle, middle of your foot. Um, and, and so that will give some, uh, relief. Uh, to the bottom of your foot because you're putting that impact and you're not that strong, but it's going to, uh, you know, make sure that you don't, you know, uh, pull anything or will strain anything uh, with it. So there's, yeah, there's, there's so much uh, to, to really look at uh, in terms of, of your shoe. If you're just training, sometimes you want a heavier shoe uh, to train. And so whenever you're going barefoot or you're putting on the spike, you're like, man, I feel, I feel so much lighter and you're literally <laughs> running out of your shoes. But uh, with that, that would be for your more seasoned or experienced runners because it informs the question, right? So mm. you know, if, you're, if you're not worried uh, about them changing their forms and they're picking up their, their knee too high and, you still, and they still have a low, uh, they're picking up their knee high and having a low heel recovery, that's a problem. So uh, you know, just taking all that into um, consideration whenever you're looking at shoes and spikes and, you know, comparing the two. Okay. Wow. That was, um, very insightful. So, you know, I remember, so I like to wear the, like the really flimsy shoes. Like I like my shoes to do this. Um, I have <clears throat> a general rule of thumb when it comes to shoes for me. And it's like, if I can't run in those shoes on a moment's notice, I'm not wearing them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're walking down the street, you see three brothers running by you like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> exactly. And I don't care hey, if it's dress shoes or boots. What's up? I don't care if it's dress shoes, boots, flip flops. I'm only wearing flip flops, boots, and dress shoes that I can pick them heels up and go. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially at these times. Good Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen next. You just don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> Um, I remember uh, just recently I did a race up in North Park. It was like this 10K race. And like I wear my little flimsy uh, sprinter shoes. And dude, I felt everything. It was like <laughs> narrow trails. Like it's one thing to run through Frick Park. It's really not that right. It's not that bad. 
when running up the North Park, I mean, through some of those little trails, I felt all the roots, I felt the rocks. I was like, buddy, I don't know if my ankles are getting weaker or getting stronger from all this, but I felt all of it. <laughs> yeah, but um, if if you didn't feel you know a lot of pain, which I don't think you did, uh, you know, you're you're pretty strong, right? And I think that um, you don't need, like you might feel uncomfortable with a shoe that has a lot of support and it doesn't give, uh, you know, your ankle, you know, the amount to move because you're strong. Actually, those shoes that have a lot of support give me pain. Yeah. Like I have a pair of shoes that I'm wearing now. They're like these Air Maxes and there's like a cushion at the bottom and they hurt when I try to run in them. Air Maxes sure. like always hurt. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I can't run in supportive shoes. Like I tried, um, yeah. Whenever I was at New Balance, um, you know, in in North or in yeah North Hills, uh, I tried on their uh, their 1080s, which is supposed to be like that perfect uh, cushion but support, you know, responsive but firm. And I hated them. <laughs> I hated them because that's that's not my type. You know, like I need, yeah, I feel that I'm, I'm strong enough that I can have a, a minimal shoe. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, kind of closing out, I wanted to know a couple of recommendations from you. And the first one is what types of shoes should runners absolutely not wear? Who I would say to be fair to all the brands out there. Runners should totally avoid shoes that do not support their style, that do not support their strength, and uh, that are just not made for them. Like if you're a minimal runner, then uh, you know getting uh, the the Hoka Hoka ones is not for you, man. Right? So uh, you know, look at uh, you know the uh, the uh, New Balance Fresh Foam, uh, the the Asics, uh, oh, what is it? The the Asics Flights, you know. So yeah, there there are shoes. There there's shoes for everyone, and uh, I would say go towards the the brands that are built for running. So your Asics, your Saucony, your Brooks, your your Merrells, your um, I'm forgetting one. Um, so those, those, those go for the niche ones first. Uh, see a running specialist that will take a look at your gait, so you can know what your feet are, what they like, where where your pressure uh, is being being put on, because that that's going to you know affect your shoe. Um, uh, avoid the big box stores. Like don't don't get your stuff at Dick's. You know, I mean, really? like, the Pittsburgh store. So if they see shoes, you know, if you see those niche shoes uh, there, uh, yeah, get them and so you know support a, a Pittsburgh store. But you know, they're they're typically what I have seen. The the type of models that are at Dick's are very different than the models that you see at a Fleet Feet or a Pro Bike and Run or um, the uh, the up and running stores, you know, in in the north, uh, because they're 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 for you know mass consumption and uh, your your scholastic athlete, your competitive runner are going to be are going to have needs that a a mass consumable model, you know, 
is it going to help you with? So like uh, your New Balance, you know, 574s, which is a, a casual shoe, uh, you're not going to get the type of support if you go to a Fleet Feet and, and get a, a model built for road running or built for marathoners, you know, so. so Interesting. Yeah. So I did not know that the going to like a store like that and just the models that are out can vary that much from like going to a specialized running store. It's, it's unfortunate, but I, I think too, because like for, you know, you can get a $75, you know, shoe at, at Dick's and, you know, I have it, you know, wear for, for, you know, maybe a year, but, uh, you know, get that same shoe and you're telling a high school athlete to, to run 35 to 70 miles a week, that's not going to last very long. And so you're getting those models again and again and again, whenever you can get a specialized one that's built for, you know, uh, 500 miles or, you know, 400 miles or at least a season um, mm-hmm. or a couple of months, you know, I have athletes, I mean, I'm, I'm demanding. So I have them have different spikes. I have them have different shoes. Uh, I have for spikes. I have them change your inserts every meet. So, you know, okay. it's one of those. Oh, nice. So speaking of like high school athletes, I get athletes who might come to practice wearing Converse's, J's, Air Forces, specifically those three shoes. What's wrong with those? Oh, man. Uh, a lot. Um, gosh, Air, like Air Forces, like the basketball shoes? Like Air Force Ones, like Nelly yeah. Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know those so, are basketball shoes, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so one, they're basketball shoes, so they have that ankle support that your ankles don't move. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless, um, yeah, unless they're throwing, I would, I'd be furious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You'd be furious. So if a high school kid came to your practice with Air Force Ones on or some Jordans on, why would you tell them that that's a really bad idea? Uh, one, they're not made for running. Um, you have no arch support. Uh, your, uh, yeah, your, your ankle is, is, uh, so unless you need a shoe that has, that needs support, you know, that's fine. Um, they're, they're heavy, uh, hard rubber. So there's, there's not much give. So you're prone to injury. Um, it protects all of your 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 foot muscles, so you're not getting stronger whenever you run. Um, gosh, what what else? Uh, yeah, they're they're not made for running. Um, so I mean, with with that being said, like if there's a you know a, an uh, economic need that that's the only shoe that they can do to, that they can wear to practice, then you know you got to do what you got to do. But um, if you have the, the resources to, to get a running shoe, that's what I recommend. Okay. Or you just tell that athlete that they're going to you know, do their sprints and, and the hurdles on the turf uh, without the shoes on. Okay. Yeah, I often find that it's definitely due to just not knowing what a runner's shoe is. I remember last season, me and my uh, friend, uh, Coach Parker, we were like, if your shoes don't do this, don't wear them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like unless unless you take a look at that athlete and they're they're pronating like crazy, um, and pronating just meaning that they're 
you know, their ankles, you know, really bend uh, every time they, they run. Uh, it's like, okay, well, that, that runner might need some support. They might need a supportive shoe that needs, you know, harder. But, I mean, with your sprinters, you can really get away with a flexible shoe because you need that strength to sprint. Um, that, no, yeah, I, I'd agree with your philosophy. Um, cool, cool. So kind of just some last thoughts. Uh, what are some general tips that you have for uh, runners on where they should shop for shoes, like the kind of places they can find these special shoes? Um, and it, mainly that, yeah. How do, how do they find these shoes that you're talking about? Yeah, so uh, looking, so I mean, in, in Pittsburgh uh, specifically, uh, you have uh, your fleet feats, you have your pro bike and running, you have your up and running, um, you have, oh, I know there are more. And for those who watch it, my apologies. Um, yeah, so if, if you just uh, look at you know, boutique running, you know, stores in, in your local area, uh, you'll find them. Um, you can go online and look at you know, uh, Active Running uh, has a shoe guide uh, that they put out every season, uh, which is really nice and really helpful. Um, uh, running Running Magazine does does a nice uh, special uh, every year uh, before cross country season on the best shoes and spikes out there, uh, according to what they offer. Uh, so so that's a good one. Uh, Road Running Sports uh, uh, online. Uh, has a good uh, option for you to really you know, say it's like okay I'm neutral or I pronate I run these events what shoes are, are decent for me and then you could take those options and then go to you know a specialty running store to see what they have um, yeah another thing yeah get your feet analyzed uh, because you might think you know uh, what your size is or you know uh, what's best for your feet but uh, uh, your feet change oh that's another thing. Uh, your feet change uh, every couple years uh, in terms of strength, in terms of size, um, just because of, of gravity and you know, how much we gain or lose weight. Uh, there, there's you know, pressure changes. So you might be very comfortable with a structured uh, or a firm uh, midsole, but let's say you lose a bunch of weight and now you're like, oh, these really hurt me now. Like, these are bad shoes. Like, no, you just changed. So, you know, get your feet analyzed, get your gait analyzed, and, um, you know, uh, wear the, the shoe that, that best fits you. Okay, that's really good advice. And where can people get their foot analyzed? How do you, anal how do you get your foot analyzed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, duh, uh, New Balance. Yeah, so uh, the, the New Balance stores all, all over the place have, have uh, specific, you know, running shoes. But, yeah, uh, Fleet Feet. Uh, has a free uh, foot uh, analysis, uh, as does all of the uh, New Balance stores, uh, so Fleet Feet and New Balance in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, you can go and ask for your uh, foot to be uh, analyzed. Uh, they do measurements as well. They do digital and, you know, your, your old school, you know, foot on the scale, and, and they take a look at your, your width and uh, length of your foot. Um, and they're both fantastic. They're both different technologies. So I'd recommend going to both and seeing if there are any uh, differences that the, the tech uh, caught uh, with it. And uh, from there, you, know, you have the knowledge and you can decide uh, you know, the, the best uh, you know, foot based on uh, that information. Thank you. So I hope that information was useful to you all. I know I just learned a ton. 
Um, I really wish I did know more about shoes, but on top of not being a shoe person, I did not acknowledge the nuance that goes into like, you know, just how much goes into it. But as I've worked on understanding feet for the sake of my coaching better, it's all, it started to influence me to look at shoes because I just started to shun, let's just not wear shoes because I don't really know shoes, but I know there's differences in the shoes. So I'm starting to realize how many different feet you guys all have. Um, so that was very, very insightful. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear, yeah, about your uh, your barefoot training because, yeah, oh, it helps runners so much, uh, especially, uh, I mean, yeah, any any athlete that runs, uh, they try to incorporate some type of barefoot running, yeah. Yeah, I have a general no-shoes policy in my gym. I have a white piece of tape right there, and when people come in for the first time, I said, hey, that's the no-shoe line. We don't wear shoes past that line. And if you absolutely insist on wearing shoes, then you have to bring shoes just for the gym if it's very long. It's like sure, yeah. very pro training barefoot. Yeah. But awesome. Thank you for that. You got any uh, running plans this weekend coming up? Uh, I think, uh, let's see. I got just got some trainings uh, where uh, I'm going to start you know, putting all my thoughts together about uh, you know, uh, cross country and more, more importantly, indoor track and how athletes can uh, you know, start to prepare because uh, hopefully they're starting to prepare uh, for for the indoor season and um, you know how athletes can can do that and uh, yeah I have a couple trainings I have a, a, a hurdler and a sprinter that, that I'll be training uh, this weekend um, yeah just getting them fit they lost the season of uh, the high school uh, so lost the season and um, there's a lot of work to do oh yeah um, how can people uh, learn more about you, what you do, as well as uh, contact you for more information about shoes or coaching? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm pretty active on uh, Instagram. So you can find me at uh, Coach Wait uh, on Instagram. Uh, you can also email me, uh, uh, heroes, as like a superhero, heroes track club at gmail.com. Uh, um, you could also contact me through my website, uh, heroestrackclub.com. And uh, you could also you know, get in contact by just sending um, the, the Pittsburgh Running Collective uh, a DM of, you know, hey, wanting to talk to the coach Wade. And you know, I can, uh, I'm part of the group to answer that as well. So there are plenty of ways to contact me. Awesome. So if you want to get more information about shoes, about training and coaching, make sure you reach out to uh, Coach Waite. His uh, information will definitely be in the show notes below, so just scroll down and take a look. Um, thanks for hopping on here. Um, thank you all for watching. Make sure, you, again, you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend, with a teammate, with somebody who comes to practice wearing J's. Make sure that the part that we talked about, you clip this and you, you tag them in that, okay? Um, <laughs> Don't come to practice at Converse's nope. and hopefully you learn something about how you can go ahead and get uh, shoes made for you. So um, thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you back on um, and we will uh, be ready for the next episode. Peace out.